Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a classic dreamer who started as a flight attendant and worked her way to now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and dynamic entrepreneur in various industries. This podcast is for the dreamers and doers. Learn how to think, act, and speak big as business leaders share how they turned from dreamers to leaders. Hello and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Melody. Our guest today is a two-times TEDx speaker. She is an industrial slash organizational psychologist and a best-selling author. She's here to help people find their voice so they can be more and do more. She's here with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Dr. Abby Hamilton. Hey, Dr. Abby, glad to have you in the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. All right, so let's begin. (laughs) So um, if you could share with our audience some defining moments in your life that led you to your mission, to your career choices. So I'm currently studying uh, my purpose. I'm in a program where I can identify what my purpose is. And that comes from something that happened earlier, like what you're talking about, defining moments, right? And uh, I've been able to identify that when I was growing up, I often had mm, pressure to be a certain way and I fell short of it. So basically like from my parents, it always, you always had to be the best, the, you know, the brightest, the most respectful, especially because my mom was his doctora, right? And my dad was the bishop. So he was the bishop of the Aglipayan church. And um, they, they were very distinguished in the community. And so we had to be well-behaved children. Uh, so it was, we were always held to high standards. And then, then also I put, I always had the pressure to try to be accepted by my sister. You know, the older sister, she's so much cooler. You want her to approve of you. And I did everything for her. And I always fell short of that too. So because of those different things, I feel like I needed to, I was suffocated, right? Mm -hmm suffocated and I needed to break out of it. So uh, in with time in college, I really broke out and I got to find my voice and I be- realized I was a leader and that has led directly to through a few different uh, avenues. I ended up as uh, a university administrator. I'm the director of student services at the university and also constantly as an IO psychologist and speaker and author now, right? Uh, constantly looking for my value in that. And I want to help everybody else find their value too. Thank you. That leads us to your TED Talk. You have two TEDx uh, talks that I was able to, to watch and truly Truly, it's inspiring, and, and I like really how you weave your story and your message. It's quite powerful. So good job there. Right. Did you like the Olive Garden breadsticks? The, uh, <laughs> yes. There's a lot of uh, sound bites and how you really um, came up with a story from start to end. It was engaging. So really good oh, job. Thank you. Yeah. So, I, um, I my brother. He's, 
he's very particular. He's my coach. And he, he required that I be funny. My dad was a preacher, right? So as a bishop, he did the sermons. He'd always try to put in those jokes, you know, Filipinos, they always love their jokes. So (laughs) my brother was like, you better be funny and you better be good funny, not those bad jokes. And it wasn't even trying. So the beauty of assertiveness, Mm -hmm. I also like uh, that topic. Um, so, So talk to us about some steps, some tips that you could share with our audience on on the beauty and the power of being able to find your voice and being assertive. Well, first of all, is to know that there are three there are three different kinds of communication. One is passive, where you just let things go and you don't say very much. One is aggressive, where you just yell. You say the first thing that comes to your mind. You say what what were you thinking? You know, you're you're Mm -hmm. so, you know, you're so dumb, you know, things like that, where you're insulting. And then there's assertive. So a a lot of people think that, oh, I don't want to be assertive, because then you have to be rude and ugly and mean. And I don't want to be like that. And uh, I would rather just be passive, don't say anything. Um, And then when you realize, so the first step is to just realize that to be assertive is still beautiful. And actually to be assertive is the most professional way because you're firm yet still respectful. You keep your composure, you stay true to yourself, you, uh, you're you honest and it's just beautiful because you are the, you take the higher road in a situation. You don't go and have that disgusting argument with someone where you're just starting to get insulting and and mean to each other. You can bring up a situation and bring up your point and it's honest and it's open. It's perfect. But the hard part is you have to be composed and you have to be confrontational which is so hard for everybody, right? I can't confront, I don't want to confront. But in the end, if you know, if you know in advance that in the end, it's going to be really good because your relationship is better, then you feel good doing it. And I'll give you an example. So during COVID, and this is, this is in my book too, during COVID, um, the family was home. So I just had two of the boys home and my husband. And I was washing dishes. I, I was so busy. I had so many things on my plate. And I was washing dishes one day. And I was like, why am I always the one washing dishes? You know, there are, what is it? Four people here in this house. And I'm always the one washing dishes. And mm-hmm. usually I'll say, just, just, just wash it. Just put on a TED Talk and listen to it while you're washing the dishes. Right? <laughs> or put on, you know, The Office or something on Netflix. Just wash the dishes. It's fine. But uh, I said, you know what, I think I'm going to be assertive because <laughs> I was speaking on it already by that point. Right. And I said, this is it. I'm happy. I'm going to do it. And I said, Hey guys, can we talk? And I said, listen, I know there are four of us in the house and I've been, I find that I'm often the one who's washing the dishes. Can you guys help out? And they're like, yeah, I mean, mom, you told us that washing dishes was like, therapy you know you like to washing the dishes so we just kind of let you and I was like oh well I'm going to <laughs> announce that I don't I don't love washing dishes and then they they were good now how many times could I have allowed it to just stay the, the same way 
once I know now that at the end we can all feel so great and free and not resentful, I feel like next time I'm going to say something too. You know, it feels good to have this power. It is, it is liberating, right? And, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, speak your mind. And at the end of the day, you can only really control yourself, right, Dr. Abby? <laughs> and uh, so many ways to skin a cat, right? So if, um, if basically you say it with, with finesse, with kindness, with compassion, uh, it's all about the delivery, right? So you can say whatever it is that, you want to say, but if the delivery is such where it is poised, it is respectful. And as they say, what is respect, right? It's agreeing. It's agreeing to disagree. Oh, yeah. In, in, um, in a kind and compassionate way. <laughs> I love that. Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a Filipina in my book that said that uh, not until she was a professional in, in the work. Uh, workplace did she have a boss who said hey listen we can agree to disagree and she said that was the first time she ever thought that was an option in her whole Aww. life it was, it was liberating for sure. you know what's funny is um as looking at your website um reading you know some articles and listening uh to your ted talk i'm thinking maybe maybe i'm not filipino after all <laughs> Because I'm quite uh, the opposite growing up, just super briefly. Yeah, so in my research, I did, I studied uh, 473 Filipino Americans, and they did the survey on basically how, how much do you adhere to your Filipino norms, and then how assertive are you? And we found that the more you adhere to your norms, the less assertive you are. So... For you, you would be more assertive and less on some of the norms, which are not norms we would really want. Like, uh, I have trouble, I have trouble returning something to the store if it's defective. Questions like that that came from uh, the enculturate, enculturation scale for Filipino Americans. It was researched by two Filipina or two psychologists. One was a Filipino. I don't know if the other one is because their last name is church. So, but they, uh, they did this study. They have, they created the survey on all Filipino things. And these questions were norms in the Philippine culture. And they're the ones that were negatively correlated to the assertiveness. So you mm -hmm. would be the one who's high on assertiveness and not holding on to some of those behaviors anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that you're a bad Filipino, just so you know. <laughs> no, no, no. As a matter of fact, you know, really, as a young kid growing up, I didn't know what those words meant, but I would hear it like contrapelo. And my my name, my my relatives call me Mello. So instead of saying contrapelo, I'm contramelo. <laughs> so um, apparently that's against the grain. And mm -hmm. then uh Sutil means uh, stubborn, you know, and maldita <laughs> is apparently mis mischievous. So I would hear those words, but I don't know what those means until later on. <laughs> but um, but uh, but it's it's interesting because that is a reality of mm -hmm. what the majority of Asian or Filipino Americans are enduring or 
basically there are consequences of them being able to, or consequences of them not being able to, to voice out, you know, and being expressive. Um, and that means being overlooked on promotion, mm-hmm. not holding any CEO titles, etc. So, um, you've mentioned, uh, you know, some steps, right, uh, to be assertive. So, um, w- what are the steps again? Yeah, yeah. So, one was to be aware of mm-hmm. the different kinds of communication and to know that being assertive is actually the more responsible and more mature thing to do, more professional. And then catch yourself in those moments. And that's what happened when I was washing those dishes, right? I caught myself in the moment and I analyzed, I was able to to say, you know what, this is a choice. This is a choice I have. Be resentful or say something. So anytime that you feel resentful towards someone or feel trapped or suffocated in a situation, decide whether that's a moment that you can free yourself by asserting yourself. And so assertiveness, there are different techniques that I mentioned in my book uh, that are specific. They're tried and true uh, they've been taught by experts and psychologists for years. I just add my little spin to some of them. So I can give you one of the five if we have some time. Okay, so uh, this one is called the uh, repeat method. So it in, in the olden days, it was called the broken record, but there's no more records anymore. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the, the repeat method, it goes like this. And the example I will give is, I'll give one that was real for me. Uh, When I worked at this one place, my boss would say, oh my goodness, the little Filipino is here. And I, uh, I didn't like it. And so I would say to him, uh, I would say to him, please don't call me that when I walk in the room, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So repeat method means that you're going to repeat the same thing and you have to maintain the same message. Now he said, Oh, come on. You're being so sensitive. Oh my gosh. I'm just joking. Now I could have said, no, that isn't a joke that, and then now it's escalating. You see, Mm. it's not even a joke. It's, it's rude and you shouldn't do it. So instead I said, please don't call me that. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. And then he says something like, you know, my wife lets me call her little Cuban because she's Cuban. And I, and I could have said, that's even worse. I would I, I can't stand the fact that you call your own wife that she should stand up for herself. You know, I should start getting angry. Right, right, right. Said, I will say, Mr. So-and-so, please don't call me that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So I like that. I, I remain professional. He gets the message. I may have to say it five times before he's like, okay, fine. I won't say it. You know, Miss Hamilton doesn't want me to say that. So uh, that would work. And it also works with your toxic Tita when she says, oh, <laughs> you are so healthy. Oh, you gained weight. Huh? And then you say, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you're so well, they would they would squeeze my little squeeze my cheeks and say, you're so healthy. And I and I would say, no, I didn't. I didn't know then. OK, but I should have said. Tita, please don't say that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Or please don't say that. And then she'll say, oh, Abigail, so sensitive. Oh, my goodness. And I would, I could say, please, please don't say that, Tita. 
And then she'll say, what? It's good to be fat. You know, look at me. I'm so skinny. We have no food. I'm like malnourished. And then you, you'll say, Tita, please, just please don't say that. And then you later on, it'll say, oh, Abigail, you're, oh, Abigail does not like me to say that. <laughs> okay, so it changes behavior because you stay consistent. I like that. So consistency and let and not engaging because it's tempting. It's tempting to engage. And then, as you said, it will escalate and reinforce, reinforce your message points, right? Until it's loud and clear and it sinks and it's seared in their mind <laughs> as yeah. to what your message is. Mm -hmm. So it's just like in politics, right? If you have whatever message that you want, you stick to your you stick to your points <laughs> and repeat, right, repeat. accordingly. <laughs> so so um, you also touched, Dr. Abby, on um, negativity bias in, I think, one or the other uh, TED Talk. How, how does that affect one's... Um, relationship or communication style or, or just being effective with uh, with how they deal with people, that negativity bias. So yeah, negativity bias is where your brain holds on to the each negative thing that happens in your in your life because it's trying to protect you. And actually the brain will enter that into your memory immediately. While in positive things they will happen and they won't enter your memory unless you let them stick around for 12 seconds or so, and then they enter. So, yeah. and we don't usually spend time thinking about the positive that much. We're like, oh my goodness, I did this. Oh, I have so much more to do, right? We don't spend too much time thinking on the positive unless we, that's why they say you have to do a gratitude journal to really spend more time. Anyway, because of that, our brain is full of all the negative things. So if, for example, I could wear this shirt and I could say, oh yeah, I remember that my friend told me she doesn't like the neckline on this shirt. Or someone told me that this shade of blue is not good on me. Um, every time you make adobo, someone, you'll say to yourself, oh, that's right. My, uh, my auntie doesn't like this, the way that I make adobo, but I don't care. But you still think it, right? Right. So because you have all these negative things in your head, it it makes you be quiet. It makes you not say, my adobo is really good. Because mm -hmm. you'd still hear that Tita who's saying, it's not so good. Yeah. Right. And then and then you'll think, I'm too short. I'm too um, soft-spoken. I'm not that great at math. I'm not very athletic. All these different little things that if people feed into your brain, they will keep you from speaking up for yourself. You'll hear the voices and you'll just, you'll shut your own so, mouth. Mm -hmm. So if one. These people who, who, who grew up where their, their parents were like, you're amazing. You can do it. You can do anything you want in this world. And now they're like you, they, they, they're amazing. And they, they accomplish Aww. so much. They have a lot of confidence. So, so, so if one has that, because I, I, you know, I think that's common. That's human uh, nature to, I don't know, for some reason, people look at the negative or I think the example that was um, that was said somewhere 
is if let's say you're you're going on a hike and you see you know a snake right you you have more of that memory versus all the beautiful scenery that you've you've experienced right so so if that has a consequence on not being able to speak up etc what would you suggest would be um you know some things to to think of and to train yourself so then uh that will not be a showstopper yeah. in helping you, have- you be more assertive yeah so you're right because we're automatically like that human nature right now in order to le- uh, lessen the effects we have to be intentional about making up for it that's why everyone says that you should do the gratitude journal you should write down your strengths, uh, journal about the good things, and then also surround yourself with people who support you and encourage you. And even more than that, a mentor who will push you beyond where you believe that you can that you can be in what you do. So uh, the people that you're around will mm-hmm. fill your bank, let's say, you know, fill your bank with all those positive things and you'll really start believing it. I, I mean, um, I was listening to Marie Forleo. She's, you know, an accomplished, um, accomplished thought leader and, um, and star. And she is, she says that she still always talk. She always thinks back and has those moments of what, what, what on earth am I doing? You know, Oprah talks about that, you know, that even in, with all her success, she still thinks like, is this really good? Am I really mm-hmm. that great? And so it's, it's human nature and it's, it's definitely an effort, but surround yourself. And then also, I hate to say this because it's, it's tough. If there are naysayers in your life, decide why you ask yourself why you still have them around. I mean, some mm-hmm. might even be family members. And just because they're family members doesn't mean that you have to go out with them and see them all the time. Be cordial, be cordial and, and kind and friendly, but you don't have to be best friends with it. And I'm speaking <laughs> from experience too right now. You don't have to be best friends with people just because they're in your family because right. they, they'll they get close enough and then they'll put you down. But they say, you know, when you know your values, right? And um, as to whatever it is that happens surrounding you, you just have to anchor yourself back to to your values and know that whatever it is that that is happening around you, it all boils down to your thoughts again and and the choices the choices that you make should you then knowing that it is negative, let's say then shift right so it's an intentional um uh thought process to then shift to to something positive. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Right when you think you have it all figured out, it, it clicks and then it's gone again. And then you have to, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, a balloon and all the air goes out. Then you have to pop, you have to blow it up again and all the air goes out. It's, I, I remember I was, why I was reading, um, found one of my old journals and I found these, uh, these Bible verses that I wrote down that, um, and I was reading them like, Oh, those are good. And I was like, I had to read them again 
as if for the first time, because my brain completely wiped them away and I had to pick them up again. So just because you even wrote them before, you put them up on a bulletin board before, you'll forget them. And then you have to, you have to um, replenish again. Mm -hmm. But that's why we, you know, my second YouTube says, Listen to back, listen to podcasts, listen to uh, read a book, be around people, listen, find a mentor, right? So all these things will add um, add good things into your brain. Right, right, right. So it's just like um, motivation, right? You know, just because you're motivated today doesn't mean that motivation would would last you forever. <laughs> you have to seek out and um, you may a go through daily meditation. And surround yourself, as you said, with uh, intentional, um, you know, literatures, mm-hmm. audios, etc., to make sure that you're nourishing and you know not letting it go atrophy, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about um, your book, right? Your book, speak up. Anak, which is uh, translates to child. Speak up, child. <laughs> um, so, so tell me for our audience who are parents out there, or soon to be parents, or want to be parents, mm-hmm. what would be your tips for them to help them, you know, raise kids that are assertive? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I I just need to bring up the fact that. This book says speak up a knock, which means child, but it's really not just for raising the children. It's I'm talking to I'm talking to the parents so that they know what they've done to their children. I'm talking to a lot of second gens who are who came here as the children of first genera- generation immigrants. Mm-hmm. So um it's so funny. I, I was at the Barrio Fiesta here uh-huh. in Tampa recently and I had a whole pile of books and parents would say come on Anak, this is Dr. Abby she wrote a book for you <laughs> make, make the book out to my son to my son and my daughter okay just uh, write a dedication to them and I was like holding the book saying mom I will give this to you but I want to make sure you read it too. you read it too mm-hmm. um so what it does is it, this book breaks down what we're, we experience as Filipino Americans, like model minority myth, where um, Asians and Filipinos are expected to perform better than anybody else just because we look this way, right? Just because we have this blood in our, in our veins, right? That we have, we're better in math. We can meet all the sales quotas. We will be the highest performer all the time. And we have that pressure on us. Colonial mentality, I talk about, where we sometimes question our um, our culture and compare it to the colonizer's culture and sometimes think less of our own. And then there's also perpetual foreigner syndrome where this is where everyone says, where are you from, right? <laughs> and it, I know, I know. Are, right? You look, uh, are you... Are you X or are you Y, right? Yeah. So it's always like they're trying to figure you out. <laughs> yeah, and like the worst is like, I was born in New York and I live in Florida. So I'll say, oh, I'm from Tampa, Florida. And they'll say, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. I was born in New York, raised in Florida. 
And they're like, no, as if that is the wrong answer. Keep trying till you get the answer right. Because it can't, it has to be an Asian country. So perpetual foreigner syndrome is, is, uh, is the pressure that's put on us. People will immediately apply upon us everything they know about people who look like us. So the second we walk in, they're like, oh, I bet you make lumpia and pants it. (laughs) And adobo. (laughs) Adobo, I know. And I'm like, okay, I, I do. But that's not the only thing I'm known for in this world. So uh, these pressures that we have, they're very big. And then I talk about them. And so that we're aware of them. I talk about the different Filipino values like kia, amor proprio, utang na loob, like uh, avoiding confrontation. Um, la crab, cosmic, the crab mentality, I think. That's yeah, crab mentality there. isn't in there, but there was a there were about 20 more that I should I could have added. So maybe that's for a number two book. But these different things that that we deal with that make our experience so much different and they have they keep us from speaking up. So then once you're aware of that, you can go into then when you should speak up. So you speak up when you're an authority figure. Sometimes parents don't even speak up to their children. They're like, oh, my son, he just likes to play video games all night till 4 a.m. Then he does not want to go to school. I'm like, speak up. You know, like tell your child you have a responsibility to raise your child. And then and then uh, children who are like, I don't want to be a doctor and I can't tell my mom that I don't want to be a doctor. So then all these different um, all these different times when you should or shouldn't communicate. And then I go into the different techniques. So it breaks apart the whole experience. And when you see the different nuances and what's in this brain, Mm -hmm. you can, it all makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what's happened to me is by writing all of these different things, I can now apply that. As soon as I hear somebody in a situation, I could say, no one woke up in the morning expecting to be an awful person. So let's break this apart and let's figure out what the intentions are. And then you can find how to communicate through them. Yeah. Uh so with 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 your research and uh writing that book what would you do differently now with um with raising your your kids oh i think i think i did a, a, a i know i did a great job raising my kids and i'll tell you what i did i taught middle school and high school for 11 years so when i did that i saw what my children might become And I Uh went back home and I taught them so that they wouldn't become like that. So one of the the things I did, which my kids love that I did, um, was whenever we went to mama's house, that's my mom's house, right? Uh They call her mama. I would say, go up to three people and ask them three questions about themselves. So even at age four, my son would go up and say, hi, mama. Oh, hello, Ryan. How are you? And then he would say, I'm good. Um, what did you have for lunch today, Mama? Oh, Ryan, you want to know what I had for lunch today? I had, it's so delicious. Zinigang. Have you had Zinigang? And so my child, he was just doing what I told him to do. Ask three questions of three people. But in that, he learned the power of making people feel happy. 
and now and being able to speak up right and 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 come up with some sort of a conversation mm-hmm. because i think in this day and age most kids are very much so digitally electronically oh. wired that especially with the pandemic and everyone was just in the stay home mode a lot of that social skills have been pushed back so i think that's a good way that's a good way for them to be uh more social and not be afraid to strike up a conversation right with adults yeah so when they went to school when they went to middle school and high school the teachers would say your your kids are so personable you know that they knew the principal they knew the secretary in the office the guidance counselors like hey mr so and so good morning and then they my kids also were very frustrated because they go oh my gosh my classmates don't know how to speak up like they my my kids were the ones who the teacher would say can someone other than Christopher answer this question you know because it was always like he'd always have the answer um because he wasn't afraid a lot of kids their age the high schoolers they feel like uh they feel like people will think I'm weird if I talk Right. I like that, Dr. Abby. Ask three questions to, to those people, right? So then they would A, think of questions and B, just gather the, the courage and confidence to 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 speak up and and then have that um you know openness, right? As to I think also the listening skills would develop. Uh, as well. So uh, I really like that. Um, so 20, 23 and 25 now. And so two of them, they're all in the workplace, but two of them are professionals in the workplace and they, they can work the room. They can, they can talk to customers, clients, my da- daughter's in the school system. So she t- she can talk to administrators. She knows all the people and she can, yeah, she becomes friends with them and you build your network. You build that network. So that uh, that's also interesting because yesterday, yeah, yesterday my my son, he's nine years old, and he was um, he was crying, yeah, and he and he was crying because uh, I think he switched um, accidentally uh, something that was supposed to. So he was supposed to have something and he didn't have it. So he's scared to to let the teacher know that he doesn't have, you know, the signature of the parents or, or something like that. So he was crying. And we had this conversation on the power of communication. You know, uh-huh. it's all about being able to to talk to your teacher, etc. To the point going to the school, dropping him off before dropping him off. We had a role play. So, okay, mm-hmm. Liam, I'm Mrs. Milroy. How are you going <laughs> to... How are you going to to talk to her? What are you gonna say? What's what's this and what's that? And um and yeah, and it goes back to communication and being able to effectively um effectively communicate your points and that's assertiveness, right? And that courage he got from practicing with you. That is so right. awesome. mm-hmm. and I mean also I feel like you I, I don't know if I did this that much with my children, but let them realize that, hey, if you don't have it, it's not the end of the world. You know, you could say, 
I don't have it today. What can I do? Exactly. Uh, how can we solve this? Or what can what other option could I have? Rather than thinking it's the end of the world, you don't have it. You should cease to exist. And it's there's options. Let's just talk about it and say what can is there anything that we can do? So, so lastly, I know that uh, you also have a service where you um, help people with public speaking. Is that correct? With communications in general. So in ge- you communicate in the workplace, uh, with their in their relationships, and an, ex- uh, an executive presence. So I recently worked with somebody who is uh, moved up in their company and needs to communicate in a way that is diplomatic and still like a good leader, but still supportive. So, and then also even those people who haven't had the courage to do their YouTube channel and things like that. So uh, I tell them what I did and they're trying it now. And I think um, with, with the theme of this, uh, this channel, um, you know, it's about leadership and no leader, no effective leader can lead anyone if they do not know how to effectively communicate, right? So it's it's really a skill, being able to listen and then being able to speak the right words, the right um, the right demeanor, all that. It's a, it's really a package, right? To be able to deliver your message effectively. Yeah, and the same message can come across, like you said, there's so many ways to skin a cat, right? The same message can come across with just even a, a, even a slight change of words. Words. Mm-hmm. Hurtful or completely supportive. And who, have, who, who learns those things? You know, just because you're a manager in a company or a leader doesn't mean that you've learned how to tweak the message to be completely supportive and motivating, inspiring. And um, there is a term, glossophobia, right? That's the fear of uh, public speaking. And myths, I think, they're they're saying it's a myth that 75% of the whole population is Mm -hmm. afraid of speaking, but there's one person that debunked it, that it's really not that Mm -hmm. high of a number, but it's still, regardless of number, we know that that is really... Um, a reality where where there are people that are fearful of speaking in public because of fear of uh, being judged or negative evaluation, right? So, um, with uh, with the people that you help, what has um, what has helped them? What are some exercises that you teach them to help them break free from that fear? Yeah, you have to. When you recognize that the message that you have is like a gift, you aren't going to fear judge. Like, for example, if you found out that uh, Target had a sale on Tide laundry detergent for 50 cents cents a bottle or a dollar a (laughs) bottle, right? You would tell everyone and you wouldn't care because you would be like, I'm giving you this gift. Right. Just tomorrow, one day only. This isn't real, people who are listening. <laughs> it's a dollar for for Tide at Target. You would maybe even roll your window down on the high on the street at the stoplight and tell someone, "Guess what?" Because you have a gift to tell them, right? So make sure that your message isn't just 
something showy. You're not trying to, that's what happens. That's what's happened with my whole book. I'm not, I know for a fact that I'm not being showy. Or I'm not acting like I know more than anybody else. Like, I just can't wait to tell you because I can't wait for you to finally be free and happy the way that I've been able to be free and happy. So read my book and buy my book and, and watch my videos because there's happiness available to you. And I can't wait for that to happen. So if you know you're helping them in a way that they really wanted, then you would never feel, uh, not that you would never, but you would feel so much more confident in Mm -hmm. what you're saying, saying, right? So, so with that public speaking and uh, that cultural effect of being not as assertive, there's only 5.6% of, uh, of Asians that are in the CEO position. And majority of those 5.6% are of Indian origin. So I, I think we have a lot to, to really learn as a culture <laughs> to be able to, to really climb, uh, the ladder and, and, and lead. Would you agree? Yes. Advocate for ourselves. So I, um, I'm very inspired by, I have been inspired by Jane Hyun, who wrote Breaking the Bamboo Ceiling. It's a book that just talks about what Asians experience and how they can really advocate for themselves in the workplace to get those big jobs. The thing is, we cannot just keep thinking that it's, that we're discriminated against. It's not just those people. It's because we hold on to values that don't match what they're looking for. So the, right. let's say we need someone who's more powerful. We need someone who's more demanding in a diplomatic, very, very uh, respectable way. But when I think of the Asians who are so intelligent, I just can't see which one of, I can't see any one of them being in this powerful position. And I mean, I talked to somebody who said, I can't believe you're doing that because when I was in the military, Whenever it was time for us to promote people, we would look and say, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? They're so amazing, very hardworking, very intelligent. They just don't have the voice. So then it was the Asians, the Asians that they had trouble uh, bringing up because they just didn't have the voice, even though they had that work ethic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they have the work ethic, but not the voice. So we have to add that component. And so that, and, and some of, many of them are, I mean, I've been watching, uh, I'm so inspired when I see uh, different, um, uh, what's her, her name? Sheila Marcello. Do you know her? I think it's a hyphenated last name. She was the CEO of care.com and she sold it mm, for billions yeah. of dollars and it had, it was in 40 countries. It was global and she just started it. And I love listening to her speak because I'm I don't often see powerful women who look like us Mm -hmm. as a role Mm -hmm. model so and she's she I heard her speak recently she said she was she had to be she had to be tough and she had to push through a lot of tough situations which I think we are capable of doing we just need to find it within ourselves and stop being so passive. All right. So as we wrap up, uh, Dr. Abby, 
for those who want to know more about your work, what is the best way for them to reach you? Uh, everything is all together on my website, drabbyhamilton.com. And then they can check out my Instagram. I'll always put things on Instagram uh, throughout the week, different announcements. And if you want to email me, it's hello at drabbyhamilton.com. Wonderful. Thanks again. And wishing you continued success. Thank you so much. And for all the dreamers out there, keep believing. You got this. Till next time.